What's up, everybody? This is Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep show. Today's guest is J.J. Santana. Uh, J.J. Santana uh, came onto my radar uh, because he paced in the Marathon Project. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about what, why he got into running. And it was a really fun interview. It actually went pretty long. And unfortunately, please, please forgive me, um, the episode cut off. So you're going to have to, if you're enjoying it, it actually got pretty good at the end there. Uh, but if you're enjoying it, please jump over to Instagram because the video is there. I do apologize. I will step my game up, like I said. But uh, JJ Santana is a really fast runner. He's rising very fast in the uh, in the running world. Uh, so stay tuned to it. Check out this episode. Hopefully you love it. And we're just going to jump right into it. JJ Santana, people. Have a good one. What's up? So can I do JJ? Yeah, JJ's fine. Okay, cool, cool. So I mean, I didn't know which way I was going with this. So JJ, how's it going, brother? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm hanging in there. I mean, I'm one of these days. I mean, I just want to be half as fast as you are. Um, that's that's the goal one of these days. But I I just I appreciate you being on the show. Um, and I kind of want to just dive into it and see, you know, if you could just kind of tell me your story because it's definitely different than. Uh, what what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing from some of the other people that are moving their feet as quickly across the planet Earth as you are. So, um, if you could just kind of maybe just we got we got some time. So if you want to just go into it, that'd be great. Yeah. So I, as far as running, um, like sports in general, I played sports my whole life. Yep. I played all the sports. Uh, when I growing up, uh, my dad's side of the family is a huge family. My dad is one of fourteen brothers and sisters. Okay. And they all have kids, so I have like 60 cousins or something like that. So <laughs> we grew up and we played basketball and football and soccer. We played everything, tag. So I grew up kind of in the competitive kind of family. Yeah. Um, so growing up, I played everything. I played soccer, I played basketball, I played baseball. Yeah. I wrestled all four years in high school. Um, and I did run in high school. I ran cross-country my okay. junior year. Okay. Um, so I kind of just jumped into it. I had actually broken my collarbone in wrestling the summer going into my junior year. And I hadn't done anything all summer. Uh, so I was super out of shape. And with like two weeks left, I had just started to kind of like be able to like move and go outside again. And one of my friends was just like, we're joining the cross country team, come run with us. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I, I was completely out of shape and I, didn't, I had never really run seriously before, but I had yeah. done plenty of other stuff. So I went and ran. I remember the first day I went, they had a time trial. Um, so I just went and ran three miles yeah. and I ended up finishing seventh on the team and I j finished just ahead of the number one girl on the team. Oh man. And I, I like puked everywhere. <laughs> like I was like completely done. Yeah. Um, but that was like the first thing and I, and I enjoyed it and it, it took me probably two weeks. By the end of the two weeks, I was probably the best runner on the team. Jeez. And it was pretty bad though, because I got shin splints yeah. real bad because I was running in basketball shoes. I had basketball shoes on. Oh, man. And um, the whole year I was out. And then I ended up running my senior year. I did pretty well. Like, I ran low 16s in cross country. Mm -hmm. I, I qualified for state in California. Nothing amazing, but for one year, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I ran, like, 420 in the mile, like, 952 mile. Um, so then after that, one year, I went to junior college in San Diego. Because where I grew up in Southern California, was not too far from San Diego. Right, right. Um, and I ran one, one year there, but I was really undisciplined. Uh, I had a real good coach and a really good program, actually, at Southwestern. 
And I kind of slacked off and I started working, started working mm-hmm. at UPS. And after that one year, which I just basically slacked off and didn't take it super serious. Yeah. Um, I, I just became an adult. I started working at UPS. I got a job. I didn't go back to school after that. Um, and I didn't run for a good six or seven years. Mm-hmm. I don't even know exactly when I started again. Um, and I ended up moving to Las Vegas where I live now in that time span. And at this time I'm probably like 26, 27. Yeah. So this is probably like seven or so years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't even remember why, but I just jumped into a 5k, yeah. a local one, like a small one, you yeah. know, like anywhere local 5k was here in Vegas. Yeah. Not competitive. Um, I hadn't trained or anything. And I think I ran like 17 minutes low. Um, and I <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't super competitive. And I was like, man, it's, it's it was almost like the same thing as that first time I ran in, in high school, yeah. where I was like, man, it just triggered something, and I was like, I really enjoy it, you know? Yeah. yeah. How come I haven't been doing this all the time? Um, and then every year, I just got more competitive. I just like anybody else, though. I mean, there's plenty of people in that same situation, right? Right. You go right. to work, the job. Yeah. And then you get into it, and I wasn't following it. I wasn't following marathons or the mm. Olympics or anything like that, but. Every year I got more into it. You know, eventually I ran into some real runners, mm-hmm. you know, like the next year maybe, and I eventually lost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I got to train now yeah. instead of just jumping in. And, you know, you meet people over the years yeah. and they kind of pointed me in the right direction. I'm like, you're pretty good. You need to actually buy running because I used to run like basketball shorts. You know what I mean? <laughs> people would know me around here, even some of my friends yeah. now, and they'll still tell me, like, yeah, I remember when you used to go to races and be running in Nike Freeze basketball shorts and a t shirt. Man, but yeah. So every year I just built and built. Eventually I ran a 10k. Eventually yeah. I ran a half marathon. And, you know, my first half marathon I think came a couple years after that. Yeah, the 5k. Yeah, I probably ran like one hour and 15 minutes, something like that, yep. for my first 5k, which is good. Um, but compared to where I am now, it's pretty crazy. Like the way I've, the way I've kind of climbed. Yeah, we the right way in a sense where I started not training at all. Yeah. Um, and then one year, the next year, I would run 10 miles a week. Yeah. The next year, I would 20. The yeah. next year, I ran 30. And I didn't do it on purpose. I, I never had the goal of qualifying for the Olympic trials or even running a marathon. Right, it just right. kind of, it just kind of happened so, to the point where I am now where I get to do cool stuff like pace Sarah Hall in the Marathon Project. Yeah, I know. Like, that's, I mean, that's insane, though, to think. I mean, I I, I, I didn't know, like, some of the backstory behind, like, you know, you were you running in, in high school. But, I mean, even though, like, I mean, obviously you did that then, but you, like you said, it wasn't like you were, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you put in a whole year your senior year, but it wasn't like you were, you know, um, freshman to senior year and you were putting in hundreds of miles a week or whatever like that. So it's just, it's just obviously a natural thing. Like you said, you've been working out and uh, running and, and, and playing sports your whole life where that engine somewhere is deep down in there ready to go. Um, yeah. And I thought it was hilarious, though, that you're like, you know, my first couple marathon, my first couple races, um, you didn't say a couple of your first races, you were, you know, wearing basketball shorts or whatever. And it's it, like you're the guy that like you probably look at now that you look over and then you're like, no way. And then all of a sudden you take off. And people are like, what is happening right now? How is this guy that looks like yep. he literally said, you know what, I'll sign up. <laughs> and that's, yep. what, that's what you're doing to people, man. But um, my, friend, my friends that I know now that I still run with, yeah. you know, that I met doing, the, doing a couple runs like that, they, they would say exactly what you said. They say, who's no. this, this, you know, this idiot? He doesn't know what he's doing. He's in basketball shorts. And he's not wearing running shoes. Yeah. And he's going off at, you know, a five-minute pace. We'll catch him later. When yeah. He dies. <laughs> yeah. I just... 
and I would, and yeah, obviously I didn't know what I was doing, but I was, I was good at it. It's not like I, even in the time when I wasn't running, I was doing other stuff. I would yeah. play basketball at the park or rollerbladed or whatever. Like I've done, I do everything. I think that was almost a problem that I think I had when I was younger too, was I liked doing all of them and mm-hmm. I never was super focused. I never got that focus down. And I, like I said, in college, I had a good opportunity. I was with a good coach and mm-hmm. I, I just wasn't focused. You know what I mean? I think that's a detriment that you can have if, if you have success early and you see it all the time, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You see kids who are really good in high school and a ton of them just don't do anything afterwards. Yeah. Now that I'm older, I actually realized that I wasn't focused back then. Now I'm older. I only have so many years left. It's yeah. better. I'm better. You get, you get smarter. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. More, more just, yeah. More mature. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you could have, um, I, I, I just can't imagine like where, you know, what you, what, what that would have looked like and like you said but maybe you weren't even ready even though you didn't you, you weren't you're kind of slacking off maybe you just weren't even ready you know body wise like it may it might have seemed like perfect for you it might have been it might have been great who knows but like or like it could have been your junior junior year in high school where you just you know your body wasn't ready for that and then so now that you're back into it and you're creeping up slowly just because you find time in between you know being an adult you know um now you're now you're up at like what how many miles are you are you putting in like a week nowadays um so i have a really good coach now and that's i mean that's there's more to the story but there, i mean obviously like going through that seven year span i have a real good coach now brad hudson mm-hmm. and he's a pretty well-known guy and oh yeah okay yeah i mean he's coached like dathan Ritzenhein and he's coached uh parker stinson he's coached a lot of good athletes so yeah. he knows what he's doing i got him uh, going going into my first marathon, CIM was my first marathon last year. Mm-hmm. I guess it's last year, it was 2019 in December. You were working with um, him. Were you working with him prior to that? No. So the only reason I even ran a road marathon was because uh, there was a local run, especially run store here in Las Vegas called Red Rock Running Company, mm-hmm. um, and I had been on the kind of local league team before, and I knew the owner, yeah. um, and he had asked me why I never ran a road marathon. Like I had never actually run one. <laughs> and I was obviously so pretty good. I was already running like 105 and a half, and, and I had run a lot of trail ultras. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm really bad. At, I just start doing everything. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. whatever I see, I do. And uh, I I was hesitant to jump in the road marathon because I realized that you have to. If I wanted to do it, I needed to do it serious. Like mm. you can you can run a half marathon, and you could kind of just train on your own. And you can get away with it. I knew if I jumped in a road mar- in a road marathon the way I was, like I was training for reals, but I, I wasn't putting in 80 miles a week. I was putting in like 40 or 50. Yeah. I knew I would try to run 220 yeah. and I would die, yeah. you know, so I never did it. So he was like, you know what, let me, let me pay for your coach and, and for this block and we'll, you'll do it for reals. He's like, I'm sure you could do it. Like try to get the trials time or whatever. Right. And right. I was like, okay, let's do it, you know, and, and we did it and. Luckily, there's another elite marathoner here named Christina Vergara, mm-hmm. um, and I had known her for a while, and she had already qualified for the trials the previous uh, 2016, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, and she was being coached by Brad Hudson, so I was like, well, let me ask her, Brad will coach me, and Brad did, and that that I think I was ready to go into an actual program, so once I got put with Brad, he, you know, my progress just went crazy. I went from yeah. just kind of doing whatever I wanted and running 50 miles a week <laughs> to being structured and running 80 miles a week. I think we got up to like 90. I've never gone over like 91. Yeah, and that's and when that and that mileage, that's like a peak. You know, that's a peak uh, peak for a marathon. So, so with him, you so with him, right? Technically, you've run. Was it two marathons with him? The 
we we built up for like three months mm-hmm. to CIM, um, and the goal was just to qualify. It yeah. was my first one, so the goal was just to run under two nineteen. And in that process, I really made a lot of jumps. Yeah. Um, at, without him, um, say I tried to do it on my own, mm-hmm. I think I maybe would have had a shot, but it would have been barely. You know what I mean? Um, once I got with him and I put in those three months. Um, I started to realize about a month and a half, two months in, yeah. I started to realize not only can I do it, I'm going to have room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it makes like, a big difference. It's people that don't have a coach or don't yeah. have a program maybe don't know because I didn't know mm-hmm. um, how big of a difference it could be. If you're, if you're committed and you do it right and you get someone that knows how to do that, it's such a big difference. It's not even, you know what I mean? I went yeah. from maybe... I could have maybe broke 220. That would have been a reach if I would have went all out um, to where running with Brad. I ended up running 217.24 at CIM. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I probably could have run more. It's just that was my first one, so we weren't trying to go crazy. The point yeah. was just to qualify. Yeah. Um, we got 10th at CIM, and then we started building for the trials. It wasn't really ideal because the trials was only like two months later. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, then we went to the trials. Um, so The trials were obviously really hard. Yeah. I, I'm sure... You were there, right? Or you at least watched it? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was there as a spectator, um, and it was hard to stand there to to watch yeah. you guys. Like it literally was. The wind was. I mean, I don't want to make. I'm probably not making it up. It was at least twenty mile an hour gust, you know, or more at times. Yeah. Um, and it yeah, wasn't between the buildings. It was really bad because they'd whip around those would, corners. It was blowing at your face. Yep. And it would be crazy gusty, and then. All of a sudden, it would be blowing at your side. Mm. You know what I mean? And yeah, it was it was crazy and it was yeah. hard. Um, so I, I ended up running two nineteen something. I finished fifty second there. Yeah. Um, and I ran okay. Honestly, I I kind of felt like I didn't have anything to lose. I was in better shape than I was at CIM. So I was kind of like, if I could run a little bit faster than I did at CIM on a much harder course, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just went for it, um, and I ended up paying the price like a lot of people did. <laughs> The last 10K of mine was pretty bad. It, it was pretty rough. But what did I have to lose? You know right. what I mean? Like, but go that, out I mean, there and run the trials. It was never my plan. All of a sudden, you know, I had never run a marathon, and I wasn't even thinking about it six months ago. And all of a sudden, I'm running the U.S. marathon trials. You know what I mean? So I was like, just go for it. Why not? Yeah, I mean, with with the best of the best, too, you know, from the yeah. States. So that, I'm sure that that was crazy. And um, after where, I, where we were positioned watching eventually after like everybody had done that last was like mile 16 was the last turnaround uh, and then it went, went out and then it comes back through, with, through uh, the finish we moved over so we could have like that last what two, 400 meter view of you all going past and looking down but what's what better finishing 400 meters what is that like that was like i was amazed just standing on the sideline but how, tell me about like that experience because it was a tunnel of people you know from the lat for the last half mile just talk to me about like that feeling though be i mean i know you didn't i mean there's something to be said the fact that you kind of like six months before then you weren't really like this isn't my my dream but um obviously it took a lot to get to that point even in that six month time span or time frame just talk to me about that feeling and getting to that point, even though it wasn't necessarily like the energy you wanted to have coming into the finishing stretch. Just talk to me about that feeling, though. Yeah, honestly, I was pretty wrecked, so <laughs> uh, it didn't feel all that great. I wasn't really soaking it in. I was just trying to finish. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was needing places and time that last mile. Um, but honestly, the atmosphere, if you wanted me to talk about that, was yeah. insane, especially more so than the finish. 
more probably just because I was so discombobulated and tired. But the the start was just insane. I've never seen anything like that. I've been to you know football games where it's loud, and that's what it felt like. There, in the beginning, the streets were lo- packed, yeah. ten deep, and when we started, when the gun went off, when the men started, it was so loud. That if I screamed at the person right here next to me, they wouldn't have been able to hear me. And nope. for a race, a road race, to me that was just crazy. Like the support and what the Atlanta Track Club did and how they got all the people to come out, that was that was crazy. Like the first, it was so hard to stay in control the first couple of miles because it was literally deafening. I mean, I've seen some interviews with some of the runners saying it was too loud that it was like hard to run because it was deafening and it's yeah. really you know what I mean. It throws off. You're so used to running by yourself in the quiet a lot of the time, yeah. so maybe with one or two people. And to be thrown into that atmosphere, like a Super Bowl-type atmosphere, none of us are used to that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's, it was insane. So, that I mean, it was really cool, though. Yeah, the experience was really cool. I, I enjoyed all of it. And I went there with no pressure. Um, I'm, I'm super-duper relaxed as a person anyway. I'm really laid back. Mm-hmm. I don't get stressed out before races. And yeah. it probably partially because of the way I came up into it. And I played so many different sports, competed at so many different levels. I don't really get, you know, thrown off by it. So I, I really enjoy stuff like that. Like I do it now just because I enjoy it. So every get a little thing I get to do, every opportunity I get, I just jump at it. You know what I mean? I wanted to be in the marathon project, um, but my resume is not that big. You know what I mean? I don't have an agent. I don't have a fast time because I've only run two and one of them was a super hard trial course. Yeah. So when they came back and said, so a few of us that had maybe just missed getting in, which was I was one of those people, if I wanted to pace, I was like, yeah, why not? Like, yeah. I can't be in the race, but if I can go enjoy it, you can learn a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. From just being there, you can learn a lot. You can see how these people warm up. You can see how they com- compose themselves, the best people. So yeah. that's the way you're going to do it. You can't, you can't hold yourself back. You know what I mean? A lot of people put limitations on themselves, and I think just – just getting off that first step is, is something that people really struggle with, I think. Yeah. I mean, and then just to take you back to when you mentioned, you know, when you, how much a coach, you know, I'm, I, I know I've heard of Brad and why I follow him on, on Instagram and everything. And I know of a bunch of the, no, nah, I don't know, but um, I follow a bunch of the athletes that he's worked with as well. And so obviously he's a great coach. Uh, but I'd love to know, you know, what made you, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but what on a deeper level, what made you say, hey, you know, I'm going to go ahead forward with this one? Because like you said, you, you know, you like doing different things and you like just kind of bouncing around. Um, what made you just dive in and, and go for it? And pay, I mean, because I'm sure Brad isn't, you know, he's not the one that you just randomly would say, hey, I'll do a couple you know, weekends with you. So that's a, that seems like a commitment. It was I mean, honestly, it was really just how it happened. I'm. I'm, it's, I think there's a good and bad to the way I am. Like, I'm really go-with-the-flow type of guy. Like, I'm not going to um, go out of my way to push to get sponsored. Mm. I'm just going to do what I do, and if it happens, it happens. And that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the guy, Mark Jimenez, who was the owner of that local running store right. here, really was the one that was kind of like, you should do it. Like, I'll help you out. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, but let's get a coach. And he was like, all right, let's get one. And Brad was just someone that I had access to essentially just through Christina, who was mm-hmm. my friend. And mm-hmm. I trained with Christina all the time even before I got with Brad. And she is already a high-level marathoner. Mm-hmm. At Atlanta, she finished like 24th or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that Brad knew what he was doing. Luckily, I was just in the position that I could ask Christina, and Christina could put in the good word for me. And Brad started coaching, coaching me. And I think... 
that's really all it was. It just happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was, I, I, I built into that and I was ready for that already. Mm-hmm. Like I was pretty much primed last year. I could have jumped with Brad and probably done right. that. Right. I just didn't. And it just, the opportunity never came. And now it came and I was ready luckily. And that, that build, you know, I think when I first got with Brad, he didn't know who I was. Right. Christina just told him he's, you know, a pretty talented runner. He's done this, like 105 and a half or 106 or whatever I had run. Right. I'd run a bunch of trail races. I'd been doing more trail, honestly, than than road at that point. And he started throwing me some workouts, you know, to try to get me to 219. And I think I surprised him a lot. You know, some of the stuff I was doing, he's like, okay, well, some of the stuff he, uh, this guy's doing, he could do that. Like, who yeah. is this guy? Um, and even I was surprised. The stuff I was doing, I had never done anything like that. And I was uh, like, some of the workouts. Like some of the workouts yeah. and the difficulty yeah. of them? Especially when I started peaking, I had never done that. I had never trained a block before. Yeah. You know, I didn't go to NCAA. I don't <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I had a problem. I never had a program like that before. Yeah. So to peak, I was doing stuff in my training that I was very close to the PRs I had ran all out on fast mm. courses. You know mm. what I mean? And so, yeah, it was it was cool. But it gave me a lot of confidence going into CIM and all that stuff. But yeah, Brad's helped a lot. But over the time... Luckily, I've run into a lot of people like Christina or like Mark Jimenez who, who kind of wanted me to do that, who kind of had seen me at a local 5K or at a trail run, and they had kind of pointed me in the right direction. Because like I said, when I got into it, I wasn't following the sport. You know no, what I mean? no. I was a you, were wearing basketball, you were wearing basketball shorts. You know, like, you're definitely, yeah. not, you're definitely not going home and, like, watching, you know, the London Marathon on the weekend and yeah. then throwing yeah. on some Nike, sh- you know, running shorts. Yeah. But, so, uh, so I mean, you and a couple times you mentioned like, hey, you know, I, I think that I'm gonna, uh, I'll, I wasn't really thinking about trying a road marathon, a road marathon, you know, when, so how many, like, were you definitely more, you were more into the trail world before, um, and just talk to me about that though, because I know that seems to be like a, there's runners that do like our trail runners, and then there's people who are road, you know, that are more like on the road, and it's almost like most people don't go back and forth. Um, so like, do you, when you are running 26.2 miles on the road, do you ever like wish like, Hey, like I wish this was just a trail and tell me about the difference of like a trail marathon and a road marathon. Yeah. Um, so I think trail is just so much, so much more fun. Mm. Um, road is fun. Uh, running is fun. It's just so mundane. And it's like with the road marathon, it's so defined by time. You know what I mean? Like. If you run a 2.30 marathon, you're a 2.30 marathon guy. You know what I mean? Like, run a sub three hours because I want to get into Boston or whatever it is. It's so defined. It's so rigid. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. everybody at the start line is going to have the next percents or whatever shoe they're going to have. Yeah. Uh, You know, there's, you know, oh, my friend ran this at CIM last year. or My friend ran this at Boston last year. Like, it's so rigid and it's so, like, defined. The training is very rigid. The training is very defined. And... Yeah, trail is just so much more loose. Mm. It's so much, the people there are different. It's way different. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. weird because it's just running. It's all the same. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's so different. You know, every course is different. Um, training is not as rigid. You know, it's more like you yeah. just go out and run. Yeah, you, you know, and sometimes run. and you'll pick hard days and you'll pick easy days. And you got to get a bunch of uh, you know elevation. And yeah. when you're out there in the mountains, you know, I like running in the mountains. Luckily, mm-hmm. here in Las Vegas, we actually have a mountain that goes up to like 12,000 feet, Mount Charleston, just mm-hmm. like, you know, 45 minutes from here. And there's snow, you know, 
up there in the middle winter and stuff. And it's crazy. Like, it's just so different. You're out in nature. Um, and for me, I never, I, I would go run races. Like I've done a couple trail 50 Ks in the mountains up in Tahoe. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have trail shoes and I didn't do trail training. You know, I would just run on the roads and I would just go jump in and yeah. people would give me weird looks cause everybody's there is wearing ultras. Yeah. Men's and I would go with, you know, the Boston boost. Yeah. Adidas Boston boost. And yeah, dude. Most of them I would win because I didn't go to any big, super competitive ones yet. Yeah, but yeah. honestly, if I didn't get sidetracked by this whole marathon thing, I would have been. My goal was to start running some real competitive ones because I had done a bunch of smaller ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never, I've never lost a trail race. Like my old, what is it? Ultra sign up. Mm-hmm. Have you known ultra sign up? No, no, like no. Have, so ultra sign up is just a website where you can sign up for a bunch of races, mm-hmm. um, and most of them are like the trail races, mm-hmm. and they have like a history. And you have a percentage of your, if you get first, you're a hundred percent. Right. And I have the hundred percent win ratio or whatever. But it's, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything because I haven't done any big trail races. Like I, I didn't mean, go to the ones with all the I mean, and that's, stuff. I mean, I know what you mean. It doesn't mean anything, but I mean, it does though. I mean, that's, I mean, that's cool. And you get like, I mean, and then the cool thing about like trail races is you don't normally get that. You know, you don't get a, you get like a coffee mug or like a gobbler or something like that. So it's a little different, but yeah, that's cool, man. I mean. People like you know people win those things and, and it's it's something to take home and it's something fun and I think that like the whole concept of uh, like the, the some of the big difference is I feel like trail racing or trail running is a more like freeing thing you know because you're out there and um, like you said the training you literally just go and you're gone for a couple hours and you you know you're in nature and it's kind of more relaxed in that sense. But so I and you said sidetracked, like you get sidetracked by the whole marathon thing. But like this, it seems like this is kind of like a good lane for you. Do you feel that though? Like I know you said sidetracked, but do you feel like you found a thing that you maybe could and should be doing for a while? It's hard for me. Like I said, I'm, I want to just go run trails. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's hard for me to stick to things. I want to go play basketball, you know, with my friends. But it's now I'm now I kind of realize, yeah, this. I get a lot of there's there's a lot of opportunity here, you yeah. know what I mean, and there's yeah. a lot of cool stuff I could do. You're, you know, it's very serious too, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, helping Sarah Hall do this and running, you got to take it serious. Yeah. Um, which I don't, I don't, I never have a problem taking it serious, but at the same time, you're only going to get that good if you're if you're very strict on what you're you're doing. You know what I mean. You mm-hmm. have to you have to be, and that's something I've worked on over the years. Uh, I think it's easier to work on it now that I recognize that I have that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go just run trails too. I want to fit in a 50k in, be- you know, in between this marathon project and the half marathon I'm running on the 23rd. But my coach can don't, hold me back and say, no, "Don't yeah, do that. Yeah, you know? Don't do that. Don't do uh, that." Otherwise, I probably would. You yeah. know, which is not the smartest thing to do. I mean, on the trail, it's just too many. It's too many. Very. I mean, it's really fun. I mean, especially if you get a good, a nice trail and you know, just a good. It's really good atmosphere, all that cool stuff. But I mean, it's just too many variables for you right now, like too many rocks or like tree stumps, you know, that are yeah. just waiting to like, you know what I mean? So just stay on the road, please, for a while and see where this goes. So, I mean, it's I mean, it does really sound like, you know, you said you kind of have to go with the flow, but, you know, obviously you have good energy, um, which so people kind of help you or not help you, but just so, oh, yeah, I know a guy that you know, knows this lady who knows that. And the next thing you know, you're pacing for Sarah Hall. Um yep. Talk to me. I mean, I wanted to just kind of get to that, but you know, it's talk to me about that though. I mean, because when I was watching it um, from home, um, 
it, it, one of the things that I think uh, Des Linden was talking about was how nervous like everybody there obviously is i mean even though it was more like an exhibition it wasn't like a you know like a big you know big you know big london race or anything like that but this she was talking about how nervous the runners are themselves but then also the the pacers are very nervous too because they know that the people behind them have trained for so long or whatever to get to this point do you feel like you know do you did you feel that pressure um once you got going or before or whatever, like what, what point? To me, I didn't feel any pressure at all because mm-hmm. I knew I was in shape. I told them uh, previously and I told them I'm, I'm probably in shape to run about 214, you know, and I think on that course, I probably could have ran even faster. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was in shape of my life. And to me, like I said before, I've done so many different sports. I've done sports out my whole life at mm-hmm. high levels and different, you know, different categories. I knew I could do it, so what, what was I to be worried about? Right, I understand right. that people get nervous. I understand why someone would be nervous, because you don't want to mess that up. Mm. You know, you have Brian Hall, who's a big buff guy, who's also the American <laughs> record holder on the men's. He's team. waiting on you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was running back and forth, and he was, you know, giving us, oh, we're doing, yeah, right on, and he was yelling right. at Sarah, perfect Sarah, and towards the end, Sarah was getting tired, so he was, you know, getting more aggressive mm-hmm. and being like, you know, dig deep and, I understand that it's serious, but yeah. to me, um, still going back to the same thing I said before is I'm, I do it because I like to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? The only reason I went out there and did it is because that's fun. It's cool. You know, yeah. I could have stayed home and trained for this yeah. half in January, but that's not as fun as going and seeing Sarah Hall break the American record. That was a goal. Of mine. I yeah. could have seen it face to face. You know what I mean? Right there too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I don't I didn't get nervous at all. I, I thought it was really cool and I was I was very comfortable the whole time and I think that was my job. I went there to be comfortable and to just do the work so the people mm-hmm. behind me didn't have to do the work. Mm-hmm. And that's all I had to do. To me it's not complicated. Yeah. Um I tried to I tried to not overcomplicate things by thinking like, what if I mess up or mm. what if we run too slow or what if we run too fast? Mm. Like we have GPS watches. This tells you yeah, exactly how it's like. Slow running. down, slow down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit more complicated because um, our watches weren't the same as the mile marks, so they yeah. had mile marks every mile. And we had discussed this beforehand with Josh Cox, who's her agent, and Sarah Hall and Ryan Hall, where they already told us beforehand. Just be cognizant of the fact that your watches, your GPS watches, might not line up exactly with the mile markers mm-hmm. so what i did was i wrote the mile splits down on my arm so mile one we wanted to hit 519 mm-hmm. and then we just wanted to hit 519s all the way through so the second mile we would go through in 10 you know 36 or whatever that is 10 38 mm-hmm. so i had every time going down so oh. our watch were everybody in the pack we were consistently hitting say we hit 515 mm-hmm. the, the mile marker on the first mile 515 on our watch the Four seconds, three, four seconds later, we'd hit the actual mile marker. So mm-hmm. our watches were consistently going off three to four seconds faster than the actual mile marker, than the course. Okay. So we need to adjust to that. So according to our watches, we were going much faster, but we weren't uh, racing the watches. We had to race the course because the yeah. course is the official marking. So that yeah. was a little bit complicated. Yeah. But I mean, that's something you just have to adjust to. I mean, yeah. it, it could be difficult, but... I run every day, like you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> like we'll figure I don't it out. Get, people get nervous about going to a race. You yeah. know what I mean. Like I hear people say all the time, like, "Oh, you're gonna come to this race?" And people, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm like, dude, you run every day. Yeah. What do you mean? 
there could be a race tomorrow and someone would ask me and I'll go jump in. Yeah. I'm going to run tomorrow anyway. What what am I scared of? Right, right. Well, I mean, I think, um, well, I mean, you have, a, I mean, I wish, I'm sure like half of the running world wishes that they just had that, that mindset was just like hey let's just go out and as i think people do you know hype themselves up about certain races i mean because you just hear so many things about like the wall and this and that um i mean obviously those are real things it's not like we're saying they're not but you know people just get you know worked up about certain things and and you've had a great um you've had a lot of success you know at you know running in general whether it's on the trail on the road so i think that you know you've definitely put some positive things in the bank and then obviously your personality just fits right in with that so you're like hey we're we're here to have some fun let's do it and then i think about like the the pacing thing i mean the good part is you weren't at like 217 you know um yeah fitness you're like, yeah. I know I can go to 14. So yeah. all Sarah has to do is literally tap me and push me a little farther and we can go faster. But other than yep. that, I'm locked into where we are. Because I'm watching it. And sometimes it's, it's kind of deceiving, like on camera, you know. But sometimes you see you know, the marathon is like, wow, it looks like they're not even trying. But literally, dude, like at the end of it, I'm, I'm watching you. Like, this is not even, this guy's yeah. like jogging. Like, you were like, it, I mean, I know you were going five, what, 15s. But it just looked like you felt really great even at the end. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty. I was in, like I said, I was in the best shape of my life. And yeah. you get put in an atmosphere like that, and you could run even better. You know, we were with the group, and I was, you know, essentially put to lead that group. So I was intentionally put myself there, knowing that. So, and that's and that's part that's part of my personality too. Is um, I think I do better under pressure. Mm. Put myself in that position, and I'll do better. And yeah. like like you said, I knew I was in already in shape, and I kind of have a really good poker face anyway. Um, I always kind of look like that. If I'm if you see something on my face, then you know I'm almost done. I hit <laughs> I hit the wall. And, I, and earlier you were talking about you know like hitting the wall, and that's a real thing. Yeah. Believe me, I know. My first marathon, uh, my first half marathon was one here in Las Vegas. Yeah. I've run myself into the ground plenty of times. Mm. You know, I, I, that was maybe like three or four years into my running, and I was only doing like 30, 40 miles a week. Mm-hmm. And that first one where I ran 115, my first half marathon ever, it was a Las Vegas rock and roll half marathon. Mm. And that one's very competitive. Yeah. You know, the rock and roll marathons are yeah. very competitive. I think the winning time that year was like 102 or 101 mm. or something like that. And I went out with the front group because... Locally, I would just go and run all the five and ten k's and halves, or not halves at that point, but I would go and run at the front. Yeah, I was running with pros, and I was nowhere near that level. Yeah. And I went out at four fifty five pace or four fifty <laughs> or whatever, and I completely fell apart in the last couple miles. I was running like almost seven minute pace or whatever. Yeah. So I've done. Believe me, I've done that, and you can learn from those. Yeah. You learn from that. I've done that plenty of times. You know what I mean? Over that, you know, I was a serial racer. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. that's a big thing that, like I was saying earlier, you can't be scared. People put limits and caps on themselves and are scared to try stuff. Yeah. You can learn from failing. Those are the ones you learn the most from. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've I failed, in my mind, terribly. Okay. Like, I, I, after that first marathon, I told myself and my girlfriend at the time, I was like, I'm never doing a half marathon again. That's that's terrible. Yeah. I'm sticking with five and ten kids. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, like a month later, I signed up for one. Yeah, you, you learn from those from those. Yeah. Like I said, I think the biggest thing I tell people when they ask me for advice is, don't put limits on yourself. Don't be scared. You know what I mean? And and realize that running, especially, but pretty much anything in life, it's not going to be instant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you can stack 
weeks, that's great. But if you can stack months, that's better. If you can stack years mm. and you can keep doing it, that's when you actually become very good. It's just hard to do that. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, because it's, it, I mean, it takes a lot of commitment to, I mean, weeks is one thing, but like, you know, months is another level of commitment. And then years is commitment and, and luck and all that because you have to make sure you're staying healthy for that long to make sure that you know you reap the benefits of all this stuff um yeah and so when i know you you mentioned before like you know like 10 20 miles you kind of creeped up 30 miles when you were like your first uh you know half marathon you're running about 30 miles a week or so um and then you got with like a you know a coach and said hey this is what we're doing and now you're at now you're at like you know um you know, at peak training, you're like 80 to 90 miles or so. Can you just like, for the average runner out there that's like looking at trying to get better, how much does mileage per week, you know, play a role in your mind into success in the mar- the, the marathon or even half? Like, what are we what are we talking about? Um, you know, I think the more volume generally. I think you can get the better, but mm-hmm. you, like you said, you have to take that into factor is how much can you do without getting injured? Mm-hmm. How much can you do without getting burnt out? Mm-hmm. Because you can go ahead and hit a hundred miles a week or one ten, or maybe if even 70 is a lot for you, mm-hmm. but then you're fried. And then the next week you only be 20. That's yeah. not good. Yeah. Um, consistency is always the biggest thing you could do. Um, especially if you're just starting off, especially if you're trying to build consistency is going to be the main thing, you know? Uh, and I think most people know that it's just not so easy to do it. You know, people get excited, um, and they have a great workout or they have a great week, um, and they'll get burned out and then you get injured. Mm -hmm. Patience, consistency is the biggest thing. Um, I don't do a ton of mileage. I, like I said, I've never gone over 90. Mm -hmm. I think I hit like 91 or 92 was the most I've ever done. And some of the people that I run with, I run against running around like 103, 104 half times or 102, 217, even the 220. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that run 110, 120. um, And they ask me like, how do you do that on 70, 80 miles a week? And then I only peak at 90. I think everybody's different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you got to try and figure out what works best for you. You might be someone that could handle 120. And if you can, that's probably going to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe you can't. And then you have to kind of adapt. And maybe you should only run 75 and yeah. work up, worry on your quality of your workouts. Yeah. You know, if you can, if you can do, it seems like I'm not super educated on this, but I've been with Brad for like a year and a half now. And I know what he does. And when I'm really locked in, it's something like workout two days easy mm-hmm. workout two days easy workout two days easy um and if you could just stack those mm-hmm. and make your workouts really quality yeah you know and then you're throwing you know it's going to be like a, a shorter speed workout yeah maybe a, a middle distance kind of tempo and then a long run you know right, what i mean right, right. on your your workout so i don't think there's one special sauce to do it i think you have to figure out what works for you right. you know what i mean you can always look and take and study but in reality it's the same as anything else with your diet and your sleep mm. and all that stuff not one diet works for everybody right mm. i mean you have to figure out what works for you and you could take the general knowledge vegetables are good for you and <laughs> whole foods yeah. are good for you and soda's not good for you yeah but in general maybe you need to have a soda you know what i mean every now and then right. you know all that, you know, I think it's so complex, it's hard to pin down for one person. But yeah. I think the biggest thing I could tell people from my perspective is consistency is mm-hmm. the biggest thing. If you could be consistent and work forward, 
mm. um, and just always try to work forward, that's generally going to help you in general. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, like I said, I kind of did this the right way on accident. Um, I was every year. I will, all I was doing was trying to be better than the last year. Right. That's all I did. I wouldn't taper for races. I wouldn't block for my training or anything like that. I would just train. And then the next year I looked what I did and I said, can I do more? Yeah. And then I would keep going, you know, and then I do more and I try to do my workouts better. I try to rest more. And it just happened so that I just kept progressing in the right direction to where I am now. And it's kind of crazy. It seems like my arc is going even faster. Like the better I get, it seems like the faster I get better. Um, right. And I think that's when you build the base. And like I said, the, once you get that base, you don't realize that these guys like Des Linden or Galen Rupp or yeah. Sarah Hall, these these guys have such a base. Oh They've God. been doing this for years and years and yeah. years and years. They could take a week off. They could take two weeks off. They could do back-to-back races because their base is just so strong. Mm. Um, so if you're just looking at what they did for that training block, yeah. you're not looking at anything. You're just looking at the very surface of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The base is what is really making them so good. Yeah. Yeah, like when you said that, I thought about, like, you know, that picture that they, that people often talk about, uh, like the iceberg and the pi- all you see is, like, the peak, the peak of the iceberg and underneath the water, it's, like, this massive amount of, you know, basically work that these people have done. So if you're just watching what they're putting on Instagram or whatever, uh, they've done so much to be able to do that. And if they want to show off on a random day, to you know to max out whatever to go five miles at marathon pace that's a, that's on them you know and that could be part of their plan that could be but they can afford to do it because of like you said their base um but i yeah i definitely agree with like the mileage part because i've talked to quite a few different people where you know when when you're only running you know 30 40 50 miles a week or something like that you're seeing these people run 100 120 and you're thinking like okay that's the thing you know, that's where if I can slowly get to that point, then I'll be, you know, I'll be, I'll reach my goals. But I've talked to people that have, have done that and gotten to the 100 or 120 and training goes perfect. They get to the, to the day and for some reason it's just not clicking. It's just the, their body doesn't work the way they need it to. Something happens and it's just so minor, but it just stops them from reaching because they're hitting all their all their workouts, they're hitting everything that they're supposed to, all the numbers look great, and then they get there, and then they just can't hit that 215 or whatever that they were supposed to do. Um, and then they pulled it back to 70 miles, you know, as their base, and maybe worked up to 90, and then everything started clicking. Because, yeah, yeah like you said, it's just you don't know what your body's going to do and until you try it, and hopefully you don't get, like, you know, injured doing it. Um, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then you just, like you said, you got to learn and take your lumps and go back to the drawing board. Um, but going back to what you said though, coaches are huge, you know, and, and I, it may be not like a Brad Hudson for most people, but if there's, if there's, there's tons of different, uh, companies and, and people out there that will, will, that will help train people that are just looking to do a new, a 5k for the first or second time or whatever it is, um, how much how important you talked about a little bit earlier but how important and why do you think a coach for anybody of all levels maybe not necessarily someone that's like looking to try to you know make it to the olympics one day but like how important is a coach to just the average runner you think 
I think, uh, obviously, it's important, you know, and I knew that before getting a coach. I already knew it was important, but I didn't realize the gravity of it. Mm. You know, it could take you from, you think you're at level nine, um, <laughs> but what I get, maybe having a coach can do is it moves your cap to 20. Mm. Um, there's, you know, and like I said, I think it's different for, you know, different people. But what it is, is I think it's really just finding someone that knows more than you, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. To, can give you knowledge. Yeah. Um, some people are too stubborn uh, and they don't know it. Some people don't even realize it. You know what I mean? Some people are a little arrogant mm. and they don't, they think, oh, my coach told me to do that, but he doesn't know right. what I could do or whatever. You have to, you have to buy in too. Mm. Um, I've seen people who've, who've gotten coaches and I've seen people who some friends that are, have been coached by Brad that didn't work because they were not telling him the truth. Mm. They weren't doing what he said. Right. You know what I mean? These are all things you have to buy in. You have to be honest. So what a coach does, and especially the better coach you get, the more they're going to be good at doing this, in yeah. my opinion, is they're going to take the data you give them and maybe they'll adjust it. They're right. going to see what works for you and doesn't. Like you're saying, your friend that did 115 and it mm. didn't work. A coach is maybe going to catch that before he gets to 115. And he'll say, no, no, we can't jump that fast. You need to build up. Uh, slower mm. um you know what i mean and, and yeah. what's your goals the coach will ask you what do you want to do do you run a half do you want to run a 5k yeah. do you want to run trails do you want to run ultras next year what do you want to mm. do so we could build to that um what a coach does really is looks at it from the outside mm. you know sometimes it's hard we have a vision of ourselves and what our goals are in our head yeah a coach can look at it from the outside um and that's something that it's hard to look at things from the outside, even if you really try, right? Yeah, it's hard yeah. to be aware of that. And someone else is just coming from the outside, and they could really help you see things you can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, all the data is out there. I can look online. I can see what the best runners are doing. I can see what Kipchoge is doing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I could go do it. Um, mm-hmm. A coach is going to help you. Like I said, the data is there, but the coach is going to help that data work for you personally. Exactly. Um, and that's going to be... I, like you said, I think it's it's going to be easier if you have someone yeah. like a Brad Hudson who knows how to scientifically break it all down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not going to – you might get with a coach and he might – sadly, that that coach, him or her might not be so great. You could get a bad coach, sadly, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe doesn't know what he's doing as much and maybe could hurt you and then you have a bad experience and you think coaches are crap. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot to it, you know what I mean? A lot of that stuff is complex and, and – yeah. You could have the greatest coach in the world, and you could train great. And if you don't have, some people aren't good at racing too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Some people really shine in those race days, mm-hmm. and some people get too nervous and they can't they can't race properly. Yeah. You know what I mean? They might be fit, but they just can't put it all together. You know, or whatever. Yeah. It's hard. You know, it's it's hard. To, performance is, is hard. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and then the, the the funny part was you said you could get a bad coach, and I don't know if he had a bad coach, but the guy that I was talking about that did like one, you know, is it maybe one twenty or whatever? Uh, that was with one coach whose whose methodology was like was more aggressive, and it just wasn't, it just didn't work for him. So yeah. he just got a, he just went to get a different one because he knows, okay, like you said, coaching works, it makes sense, but all coaches aren't for everybody, and. You know, and it's just depending on what you know what level of running you're at, it you just can pick just pick a different one. And for the most part, like you know, for like the and the weekend warrior that's like you know that just wants to run a bunch of five k's and ten k's and things like that, just go out there and have some fun, but wants to PR, wants to get a little bit a little bit faster. I mean, there's just so there's so many programs that are just you know just readily available. Whether it's like 
you know, somebody you sign up with on Instagram that has like a, you know, obviously a decent following, so you yeah. can see that it's working for people. Like, don't like randomly pick some guy off the corner, you know. Um, it, but it, it's a wacky world. Yeah, it is kind of wacky. A lot of information out there, but sadly, that means there's a lot of bad information yeah, too. Yeah, true, like, true. It's tough, man. You know, I, I, if I had any advice for people in general, is um, be very cognizant of learning for yourself. Mm. You know what I mean. Um, find the people that are going to actually want to help you yeah. on your journey, whatever it is. It's not the running could be anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I, the, the whole thing with running and, and not just to be running, I've done obstacle course races, mm-hmm. trail races and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the whole, the whole journey is kind of, uh, honestly, I think the whole thing is fun to me, the whole journey of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, if you can, so- I know it's not easy for everyone to do that, but if you can somehow, uh, think of it as something you, the whole thing is just something you're lucky to do, something you enjoy oh, doing. The, the results will kind of speak for themselves. Don't worry yeah. too much about the results. I know that's very hard for people to do, but I yeah. think worrying about the results a lot of the time uh, can mess you up, can mess a lot of people up. Because we look at the top guys. You look at Eliud Kipchoge yeah. or whoever, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and you want to copy what they do, but these guys are the top. They're, they're such outliers and they've been doing it for so long, you can't necessarily do what they're doing. You know, mm. as as sad as it sounds, you have to go on your own journey, mm. and you have to enjoy it, and you have to learn all that stuff for yourself. You know, and, I mean, and don't worry about the results, if possible. That's the thing that works the best for me, anyway, yeah. that I found. Don't worry about the results. If you enjoy what you're doing, and you're doing it right, yeah. the results will be the best results they could be. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're doing it right, and if you're passionate about it, they'll come. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. put so much emphasis on that. And that, I think, will alleviate a lot of the pressure of racing or getting a certain time or yeah. qualifying for a certain race. Yeah, I mean, it's like just chop wood, carry water, you know, just fall in love with the process. And all those people that you mentioned, uh, Michael Jordan and LeBron and all those people, they signed on to the process. And they, they did the process every day, day in and day out for years and years to get to the point where you now see the results of it. And then they're still dedicated to the process. Yeah. So it's like really... I think, I think one big thing, too, with athletes like that is um, it's easier, too. If Once you start becoming an athlete, you realize that there's it's so much more mental than physical. Mm. It's obviously physical. You know, you look at someone like LeBron, and you look at him, and it's blatant. It's eye-popping. You <laughs> see him. He's physical. the fastest guy <laughs> in the court. He's yeah, the biggest yeah. guy in the court. Yeah. But if you really follow basketball, if you really follow sports, you realize that that's obvious, yeah, but... Really why LeBron is so good, really why he's still the best is because he's the smartest guy. Mm-hmm. He knows how to take care of himself. He knows how to make his teammates better. He's planned it all out. Mm-hmm. You know, he spends $2 million on his body. He's combined both. Yeah. And I think people from the outside that aren't so deep into sports, they I just... think that's something that they don't realize as much, too, is the mental side is probably even important. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can have physical advantages and gifts, but... The mental side is really what's going to carry you on further than the physical side. Your yeah. body's not going anywhere without your brain. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and then like you said, once you once you put in all the work um, or a lot of the work and get your body to a point where you can now switch over to not switch, but um, use that that physical fitness. That's where like race day comes in, where you could have all the fitness in the world, but if you let this thing go crazy. You know, you're doing too much, overthinking, and next thing you know, you're you know you're having a tough day. Um, but you know, if you can just do the work, and I think one of the I think the the guest um, 
Martin, for the guy, you know, the, the guy who won um, the Marathon Project, I think he just said, like, by the time you get to the, the start line, the, the start point of this thing, it's all, like, that's all, you did all the work, just get out there yeah. and run, and base, you know, have a plan, and then just try to do the plan. Don't worry so much about it, you put in all, you did all the miles, all that good stuff, so just get out there and have some fun. But, you know, yeah. one, one of the things you mentioned, though, too, like, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the whole thing is run, the Run, Eat, Sleep show, um, you, what's your, what is your, like, what's your diet like when you're, like, trying to train? Are you just, like, hey, I just, I, I see it, I eat it, I move on, you know, Martin's thing was, like, <laughs> ice cream, like, crazy. Um, yeah, you'd be surprised, a lot of these elite athletes <laughs> don't eat that great, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, I eat, I eat healthy generally, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not on any strict diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up in the Southwest, um, where I grew up, a little town in Imperial Valley was right on the border of Mexico. So I'm, okay. I'm, half, I'm half Mexican. So I grew up on rice, beans, you know, beans, cheese, burritos, rice, garnishada, chicken. So I'm, I eat a lot of rice and beans and chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stuff's pretty healthy. It's got good energy. Um, I don't really, uh, like I said, I eat generally healthy, but I don't constrict it into anything. Right. Uh, I eat a lot of fruit. Um, Sometimes I'll have a beer or something, or if my friends want, but I don't drink a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't eat. I I tend to. It, it, as I've gotten, as the years I've gone on with this running thing, and it's gotten more serious. Yeah. I tend to eat less and less. That's just junk. Like yeah. I don't. I just don't buy candy or donuts anymore. Yeah. Just because I'm like, well, if I just don't buy it, then I won't eat it. So I just, <laughs> just don't have it here. <laughs> to, I tend to stay away from that stuff. Just stay away from it. Yeah. Because if if they have it here. And I'm just sitting here, yeah, I'll eat the donuts because they're good or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'll still eat a donut or ice cream. It's just not on the regular. Right. No, no. I, hear, I mean, yeah. I th- I th- and I think that once you, most people, once you start putting in, like, you know, the hard work and you're every day you're out there, I mean, it just, for some reason, like, that desire, I mean, you still may want it, but, like, that desire to, like, sit there and stuff your face with stuff where you know is not good for you. It just kind of falls away. It's just like it feels like it's just counter. It, it's like it's counterproductive. Like I don't want to, I don't want to run, you know, a whole, you know, ten miles or whatever, and then get eat a hot dog. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like yeah. you got to figure no, out. That's the same way. That's I think you hit it right in the head. I feel the same ways. As yeah. as, as I've gone on, that, that's what's happened. I'll I have a hard workout tomorrow, and mm-hmm. my girlfriend says, "Oh, do you want to go get some Taco Bell?" And I'm like, "No." Yeah. That will work out for tomorrow. Like, no, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah. it's not going to work. Like, I need to eat something clean so I can go on my run and I'm not stuck up in the porta potty halfway yeah. through. And yeah. like you said, it's, that's just, I didn't really, it doesn't, the, the choice is kind of made for me, right? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about, I didn't think about the prior. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to get like a Mexi melt or something like that and go on a long run. I don't think it yeah. works out. That doesn't add up. Um, yeah, no, because that, that's, yeah, I, I think that like a lot, of, especially with it being you know the beginning of the year now too. I think that just not even from a running standpoint, but I think that if if people just have like they have fitness goals or health goals, if they just if people just go do some do the work, jump in the gym, whatever, uh, and just stay consistent, like you were saying earlier in that, whether it's running or lifting or whatever, some of the other things you'll just naturally like clean clean up a little bit. Like they, you know, like it's just one of those like a keystone habit. Like if you start this new habit without even really trying as long as you stay with that one thing it'll kind of work its way through the rest of your life because you're like yo i put in a shit ton of work yesterday i'm not gonna go and go like to five guys and eat like three burgers you know i want to eat something that's gonna make me feel 
better so when I go tomorrow I don't feel like the pain of yesterday. So yeah, I definitely if you could create, if you could create those good habits, yeah. Um that's that's how you do it. You know, it becomes automatic. Yeah. You know, when when you just eat clean yeah. mostly every day, you just continue to eat clean and you're not necessarily thinking it's any big deal. No, yeah. Um, it's like natural. To, when you continue to go to sleep early every night and it becomes a habit, you just continue to do it and you don't really fret about it. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh man, I want to go out. It's just like I'm pretty tired. Uh, I'm going to go to sleep. It's like I go to work in the morning and yeah. I, you know what I mean? And I think part of it's getting older too. That, mm-hmm. that helps a lot. If you, if you get older and you get more responsibilities, mm-hmm. um, you start to just not want to be tired the next day. Yeah. Um, like being tired I, sucks. I used to drink energy drinks all the time and I, lo- I loved them, but they would make me feel like crap. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And eventually I just had to drop them just because I realized that they make me feel like crap. Yeah. After, after the initial two hours, I would feel like crap. And I was like, eventually, I didn't want to stop drinking them, yeah. but I was like, wish they had to drop them. You yeah. know what I mean? I just, if, it forced me to do that. And yeah. Just because my habits of running basically just shifted everything mm. in, the, in, in more a healthy direction. Yeah, yeah. Running, yeah. Running is super transformative just in that sense. I mean, because once you sign on, like, I mean, it, it'll change. Not change, but, it, you know, you'll find new friends. Um, yeah. You know, just because it's it's just, it's a practice that's, it's not like society as a whole isn't out running, you know? Like, it's like if you meet somebody that's a runner as well and they're, they're doing 30, 40 miles a week too, it's, you guys got a lot in common. I mean, number one, you, you like kind of, somebody likes torture somewhere in there because running is not always fun. Um, yeah. So it's just like you definitely can meet some uh, some friends in running. Um, but one thing real quick though, um, so as you you know you talked about getting older or whatever, but ha- is has have you have you found sleep to be like a huge staple in like your success? You know, so far like have you gotten better over time, knowing that sleep is just so important, or are you just kind of like go to sleep at ten, wake up at four type of thing? No. I definitely have learned that as you get older. Like yeah. I think you said, that's kind of a big part. But also just watching podcasts. I mean, mm. I watch, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast all the time, and he had like a sleep expert on at one point, mm. and he was talking about how important sleep is. And it's just like this is stuff that everyone kind of knows already. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you need to sleep; it's good for you. But then when you hear exactly how important it is, like the guys like don't put TVs in your room, mm. don't look at your cell phone once you're in your bed because it becomes habit habitual and that stuff it, it affects that light the blue light affects your eyes and then yeah. you don't get into as deep a REM sleep um and there's a lot of little things like that and yeah sleep is super important um mm-hmm. if you if you just go look into it it's gonna scare you you yeah. know what i mean you'll yeah. learn how important it is uh all that stuff is important it, it's and that's kind of what i we, we talked about it earlier is there's a lot it's very complex yeah. and i think like i said a bunch of times already luckily i not on purpose I kind of did it slowly and I've gotten a lot of good habits and I, and it's not like I'm the best runner in the world or anything like that, but it's, I think in my opinion, it made me a better person mm. now because I just have such good habits. And it sounds like you are pretty similar where you, you kind of like dig the healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. gives you a good mental feel. Yeah. You get good friends, good people <clears throat> that are like-minded and you get, you know, it just gets you in a good groove. It gets you rolling. And especially, mm-hmm. Um, with all the craziness and it's so dark, you know what I mean? With COVID and the government and the, you know, fake news and politics. Yeah. And there's so there's so much almost darkness. And, you know, I think you kind of nailed it on the head. And a lot of my running friends are healthy people. Mm. And I still go out. We get outside in the sunlight. Luckily, Vegas is warm year round. 
Yeah, um, and we go not, exercise, and yeah, that's not that's good for you. Not only physically, but mentally, it's good for yeah. you to get out with other positive people yeah. that aren't all gloom and doom. And I mean, staying inside right now is probably the worst thing you could do. Locking yourself in your house, not getting sunlight, and yeah. ordering Uber Eats from McDonald's. Yeah, you know, sadly, that's what a lot of people are doing. But that's literally probably the worst thing you could do. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think not only just running for competitive wise, but as a healthy lifestyle. That thing to promote, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think hopefully, you know, it's scary to think the way culture is moving with kids and, and kids don't go out as much anymore yeah. and they don't communicate with each other. People are already weird, you know what I mean? People yeah. don't know how to talk to other people. Yeah. And, and, you know, we don't see 20 years from now, but this stuff affects, you know, if we have kids or, you know, your kids' yeah. friends or your grandkids down the, the road. And, yeah, I think... It, you know, it's weird now if your friends doesn't your friends don't just play video games all night. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, your friends go outside and play in the mountains or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. It's yeah. like a weird thing now. I think it didn't used to be. So, yeah, hopefully we could as a culture everywhere, not just U.S., anywhere. It's just good to be healthy. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's weird. That, it's, it's weird that that's that's something that seems so obvious, but yet we struggle to see it right in front of our faces sometimes. Like you need to go outside and eat healthy and exercise. That, that's not conjecture. That's not opinion. That's just the way we work, right? Yeah. And, and I, I mean, it's just like, it's just how society works, you know, and what we see every day and the ease of like, how, like you said, how easy it is just to get Uber Eats. I mean, it, our, our lifestyles are made or are structured now to the point where we don't have to do all the stuff that you, you know, you don't have to go outside, you know, and, and if, and, you know, unfortunately, it seems like, you know, if we look at ourselves and we're not like in the hospital bed, we go, okay, I'm fine, you know, and, or, you know, that we as parents see our kids on our phones all day or playing video games all day, there's nothing wrong with being on your phone or video games, it's just like, I think you just need, you know, kids just need that like rounding and my kids don't get out enough at all, you know, and I need to... Yeah, I, I often think I just need to be better just getting them out there, like especially since I'm always out there. Like maybe they don't run with me because they're probably a little slower than I am, um, and I'm like I have a real hard time like slowing down, uh, you know, for them. But I definitely need to get them out there more often. Um, but society just is pushing us all to just chill out, you know, and and watch and watch everything happen. And like Kipchoge said a while, like like last year sometime before he did the two hour thing, and was like. Um, you know, he wants the whole the whole world should he wants the whole world to run, you know, and the whole world should be running because it'd make the world a better place. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. But then you think about it, like I mean, he's just saying, like, hey, if everybody just get out there and then just experience this thing called, you know, like fitness, it's just a real cool vibe, and you know, there's a lot of intention there that that comes through and changes your life for sure. So um, I'm with you on that one, 100. percent And I really do want to get a sleep specialist on here one of these days to really talk about that because I. You know, like you said, if you look into sleep, like sleep and the benefits of it, it's crazy. Like, I mean, obviously everybody knows you got to go sleep so you don't feel tired. But like when you're talking about like the, the amount of things that your body does while you're sleeping, good sleep, it's incredible. Like how much your body, you know, needs it, like craves it so badly. But you can go, yeah. you can go half, you know, you can live years and years and just never really get good sleep. And it just builds up and it's scary. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, I've seen some some of my friends that are sick and they don't even know it, you know, and, and you see them deteriorating over like long periods of time. And 
if you're sick for long periods of time or you, your health is deteriorating, like you said, they won't even notice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'll be hard for them to breathe, and they just are so used to it that they don't even realize it. Or and, it's normal. That's like, yeah. oh, everybody. Yeah, yeah everybody. Is, it's, it's this or that or whatever, and yeah. they just give you something, and you just move on, and you just, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's pretty crazy, like, the, the amount of technology and the way society is. It's all amazing stuff. Like, mm. I... I'm super, uh, I'm like, I'm half athlete, I'm half nerd. Like, I play Magic the Gathering, and I play Pokemon, and I, mm-hmm. I play video games. I've played video games since I was little, you know what I mean? It's a problem. Like, I, I have to, <laughs> it's, like, it's a problem. play a game. I'll, I'll play all night, and then I won't sleep, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it's funny how it's such a it's such amazing stuff. We could do Zoom calls and do anything we want online. Mm. You can contact anybody anywhere and you can play games with anybody and it's mm. all cool. But at the same time, it's weird. It's kind of weird how it is kind of, it can be super crippling. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. You, you hear like crazy stories of like Korean pro video game players who play and they played for six days and they died on their computer because they didn't eat. I mean, there's crazy mm. stories and it's like, that makes no sense. How, at what point did you lose control of, like Being yo, human, I'm like yo. I'm not even hungry. <laughs> it's day three. I'm not even hungry. I mean, there's no pause. That's the problem. Like back in the yeah. day when I grew up, all games had pause. <laughs> yeah. You could just hit a button and you could go to the bathroom. You could go do what your mom said to do or whatever. These games yeah. now, you're in there's it. No like I like the yeah. wor- the worst thing I can do to my ten year old son is like grab his phone. Yeah. from him while he's like in the middle of the thing because there is i'm like just hit pause he's like there's no pause <laughs> you got to give it back to me you know um but yeah man this has been really cool and um i can't i don't even want to pronounce like the the name but uh things yeah she says so we, we're currently in the microwave generation everything is instant gratification and they don't understand the consequences and yeah we totally agree with that for sure but i think she had something really quick i was there was like she's like the only one asked a question but she said she um got injured because she ran too uh, too many miles too fast uh and that's never happened any advice for somebody that you know that got injured running too many miles too far too fast yeah, I mean, that's the same story that I told right in the beginning. Yeah. Um, I got shin splints. Mm. Um, I got injured um, because I ran too much. And I ran in basketball shoes, but <laughs> I went just bananas and for two weeks, yeah. and I got super into it. And I that was out that whole year. Mm. Um, and you basically have to reset. It's really hard, especially when you're, you're kind of – you have momentum. You mm. know, that's when you end up getting hurt is when you're, like, going too hard. Um, and it's really hard to pull back. I mean, we've all seen it. We've all had friends who – are injured and they're like how's that injury and it's like oh yeah it's all right and i'm like but you're still running like yeah you know yeah it'll be okay st- and it just lingers and it lingers yeah you have to, it depends on what it is obviously yeah um but you have to just let it heal it's yeah. really hard to do because we're a little we're all a little bit psycho for running marathons yeah and you know what i mean i gotta train i gotta i gotta get my new pr i gotta qualify for boston yeah or you're running boston and you qualified yeah. And you get injured leading up, and you're like, I'm not backing off. I took a whole two years just to qualify, you yeah. know. I'm running, but, I'm running, the, I'm gonna run on this broken leg no matter what, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, runners are a little bit, runners can be a little bit crazy, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is you have to reset sometimes. Yeah. You have to, as, as hard as it is, you have to reset. And I think, and I think that you talked about too, the process, and we always talk about the process as like the action of like, running or doing whatever it is but some of the process is just realizing you know that you have to slow down before you get injured 
and maybe this whole 50 mile and 50 mile week thing isn't where you are right now and maybe it's really at 20s or 30s or whatever and just slowly building that up to the point where then you can do like what you did which was I mean the cool part about it was you didn't necessarily have like this crazy end goal and I think a lot of runners problem is we have a goal like we have Boston qualifier in 2022 you know so we we say I'm taking it slow but I'm going to take it slow in this time frame and if there's any way we could just say forget it and just say I'm going to I'm just going to be a healthy runner and that's where my goal is then maybe the process we're allowed to stretch that out yeah. So we don't, yeah, because we always ramp up. Like, we're ramping up, like, to something next year. Yeah. Like, you know, I want to run my well, PR. On top of that, too, I think, in that aspect that you're talking about, if that's the one, that's why I never, to me, I never wanted to do that, where the big goal was Boston, and people train two years for it. You know what I mean? They'll go run a downhill marathon just to get the qualifier. <laughs> They'll do anything for yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then what happens when Boston, you know, I've seen it. Boston had the rainy year and people were just devastated because it was a horrible experience and they were waiting in their corrals behind 10,000 people and it was 20 degrees with wind and it was raining and mm. that's the end and then that's it. You know what I mean? Or you have a bad race or mm. whatever it is and then what? Yeah. You know what I mean? You built it up so much and then it's just over mm. and then people will just be like, and I'm going to pig out and I'm going to gain 20 pounds and I'm not going to run for six months. <laughs> you build it up in your head and you yeah. build it up and you 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 almost you're almost hating it at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You need you need to really find a way, whatever way it works. Everyone's different to enjoy it. And yeah. luckily for me, without maybe subconsciously, I did it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That I just built into it, and I didn't never had a goal, and I did other yeah. stuff, and did, and then I ended up doing this, and this is like a cool. I get a lot of cool opportunities and cool stuff, and yeah. Uh, maybe it was subconscious. Maybe it was just luck. You know what I mean? I don't know, but yeah. you got to figure it out figure out how to make it a long-term thing because that's usually the best way to have one to have success but to also enjoy it yeah not temporarily but long term i mean yeah the goal is to to be a runner for you know for life you know not necessarily just until next year so you you know you get that qualifier or whatever but yeah it's just sign on for the process and i guess check out the reason why you're doing it because if you have a bad race, you don't want the why to go out the window and you're done forever. And then you look back and you try to get back into it three, four years later and you're out of shape or whatever. But um, re- before we get off, I mean, because we gotta, you got to bring this race to a finish. What, um, what's next for? I mean, what's next for you? I know you said you have a half marathon coming up, but what's that? What's that race? And then also, like, what's bigger picture? What's JJ gonna do in 2021? Um, that's a good question. I mean, the half marathon is the easy one to answer. The second part's not as much. So we put on a half marathon here, just me and some of my friends mm-hmm. that run here, just because there was no races. Um, and we did a couple like small races and then we actually invited a couple people real small, but we mm-hmm. did a half, but competitive here in Las Vegas ourselves in mm-hmm. October and it went really well. And this one, some, you know, we just wanted to do another one, I guess. And they, the last one went well. So this one's going to be January 23rd here in Vegas. Okay, cool. Um, going to be really competitive. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily want to say, I don't know if I could say who's all coming, but there's going to be oh. some training. And I, we're, we'll stream it. It's going to be either on my, I think the men's race will be streamed on my Instagram. So you can check it out on the 23rd. And the women's race will be streamed on Las Vegas Gold Elite. Mm-hmm. That's the, the Instagram account. 
Okay. Um, so it's called the Las Vegas Gold Half Marathon. And we'll stream it free on Instagram. And it, that should be cool. It should be real competitive. She has some real fast time, men and women. So what, um, what, um, like how many people are you talking about? How many people are going to be running? I mean, I know you can't say who, but how many people? So we're, keeping it, we're keeping it under 50. Um, so there's going to, I think there's a little bit more men right now in the field than the women. I think we have maybe around 30 men and around 20 women. Okay. Uh, we're just keeping the numbers small, just, and everyone's got to get COVID tested and all that stuff. But it's, this course is USATF certified. So mm-hmm. people really want to race right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's the same thing with the marathon project. These, these people that essentially do it for a living, mm. there's not a lot of opportunity to do stuff right now. And people are getting antsy, you yeah. know, and people want to race. So, and that's the way we were here is me and some of my friends would just want to race. And why not? Like, we do it on the at a part of town here that's not very populated, so it's right. just kind of low key, um, but it's flat and fast. Sorry, guys, I really messed up on this one. Like I said, go to Instagram to check out the rest of the video. We talked a little bit more about the race. We talked about what's coming next for JJ. Go to at Chip Time Running on Instagram at Chip Time Running, and the whole episode is there. Please like it, subscribe to this podcast. I'll do better next time. Sorry for the cutoff. Be blessed, guys. Run, eat, sleep, repeat.